Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. It is a very special episode of the Almost Famous Podcast. I have one of my favorite humans in the world, and I mean that. You don't meet a lot of people in life through random circumstances, especially a television show. You go, I like this guy, but I don't like this guy. I like his dad, and I really like his fiance. Um, I think she's great. Uh, Jason Tardik is here to guest co-host with me today. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Ben, it is so good to be here. You're one of my favorite humans too. So thank you for saying those kind words and I'm excited to be on, man. It's been too long. It's been too long. It has been too long. I think the last time I saw you in person was in Memphis, Tennessee at the St. Jude uh, charity event with your dad was there as well, uh, which was awesome. It was you, me and Wells uh, and your dad. I think that was all from the bachelor world that was, am I missing somebody? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. And there's, I mean, there's a couple like different like actors yeah. and musicians and stuff, which was a blast. But are you running it back? Are you going to be back there this I'm, year? I'm out that weekend. I'm not, I'm going to be in Honduras okay. that weekend. I wish I was. Oh, um, okay. I'm supposed to be okay. in Honduras. Here's the deal. Uh, for anybody listening, I've, I've offered this up. I'm going to Honduras on a trip. I'm leading it. 
And so I've, it's open invite. Like anybody can come. You go to humanityhopeunited.org and sign up. Here's the big problem. And I'll just be in, uh, flight costs are so expensive that I'm like on edge on doing it or not, because they went from like 600 bucks typically to like $3,000 to get to Honduras right now. And so I just don't know if we can do wow. it. Like, I just don't know if I can ask people to go down there for $3,000. It's a lot of money. That is why that's a huge, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that increase makes sense. That's nuts. Yeah. Man. So, um, but I'm supposed to be there. If I'm not there, I might be able to get back to St. Jude. It was awesome. It was good to spend time with you. And, um, like I said, your dad was awesome. Hey, uh, hey Jason, dude. you're obviously here to co-host with me today. Uh, but I want to talk, uh, uh, right off the bat about, um, mm -hmm. your book and the projects going on. I mean it with all sincerity. When I say, you know, you and I come from similar backgrounds. You are a lot more accomplished in your, uh, in your work, in your career than I was, uh, when I left it to kind of start my second chapter. Uh, but we have similar backgrounds. Um, you've used it to coach and teach and share insight with others. And you've also done it through a book. So let's just catch everybody up on what you're up to and where people can keep, you know, keep diving into your, your, your knowledge. Yeah, for sure. So 10 years in corporate banking and I got an MBA in accounting and finance. And one of the things that I learned when I had got this platform is there's just a huge discrepancy in the stuff that we need to know every day. Like think about the stuff we have to do, right? We have to deal with taxes. We have to deal with inflation. We have to deal with budgeting. All these things were not taught anywhere in the school system nowhere to be found, not in my MBA program, nowhere. And so what I did was I created a company called Restart to really help like bridge that gap. And from that, Ben, just like all this other stuff started coming up. I created a podcast, Trading Secrets. We have all different people on from different industries to talk about money, what they make, where they make it, where they've lost money. So I joke around, I'm like, sex to call her daddy is like dollar signs to trading, trading secrets. And then I have the first book out called The Restart Roadmap, Rewire and Reset Your Career. It's been a great start. We had four bestseller lists, uh, all about a roadmap to making sure you're on the career trajectory that you want. And then have another book I'm starting to work on now that I'm up in the air, Ben. I'm curious your opinion. It's going to be one of two things. I got, I'm like doing a focus group. It's going to be either, there's so many books about there, like small entrepreneurship and small business. This is going to be like the handbook for employees, like how to be an employee and get rich. That's either, or get wealthy, build wealth. That's one. Or the other one is going to be the different intersections of the impact money has on love. So when you're single, things you have to prepare for. When you start dating, when you start moving in, getting married, planning for a wedding, uh, and everything else, kids and stuff like that. So one of those two concepts is going to be the next book. I'm going to vote for both. Um, <laughs> that I'm not yeah. doing. <laughs> the uh, I, I think the inner like the life plan idea is one that is intrigued yeah. me, and I think I shared this with you in Memphis. You know, I've uh, I, I haven't been um, quiet about like kind of my struggles with envy or jealousy or feeling like, Hey, I'm not doing what somebody else is doing in the world. Not even from like our, you know, small little niche, uh, reality show. And one of the things that I love about trading secrets is people get on there and you push them and they also are open to be very vulnerable about their mistakes, um, their financial situations, because I found out, and this was before the show, right? Before, the opportunities for me uh, kind of opened up. And and before yeah. some of the businesses that I was able to create and work on now were, were uh, at all profitable, they were, they were still struggling. I was still pouring money into them and trying to get them up off the ground, right? I found myself in a place where it's like, I don't know if I'm 
in a good place. Like, I don't know if I am making the right next steps. I don't know compared to so-and-so if I'm missing out on a bunch of opportunities and income that I'm just blind to or saying no to. And what I love about Trading Secrets and I love about your platform is it kind of gives a, a look into some of the topics that have been taboo for so long. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't understand why these are topics and conversations we can't have. I think we've been a little conditioned to think we can't talk about money or where our success is. And what's cool is we've done it at Trading Secrets, but I've recognized just because we have people from certain shows or they're influencers or they're even investors, like a a guy like Kevin O'Leary, they'll talk about their money. But what we need to do is get more you know, everyday individuals walking the streets to talk about it. So what what I'm starting to this week, I'm starting to film, it's called Trading Secrets in the Streets. And so we'll be out there just literally going up to people in all different cities and be like, what do you do? When you start doing it, what'd you make? What do you make today? How'd you get your raises? What do you think you'll make? Because this is information that allows us to navigate our lives and like figure out what we want to do and how we want to do it. Well, I think the, the, maybe the obvious uh, question here too, though, is for somebody out there. So when I was working my first job that I was at uh, for five years, I, I think I capped out at like 40,000 a year. I think I started at 30. Um, it was a fine job. Um, but it, you know, it was tough. It was tough to live in a big city making $30,000 a year and trying to figure out how to do it. Hell yeah. Really hard to figure out how to save anything. Um, and also mm-hmm. really hard to figure out how to have any fun, like how to, you know, go out with my buddies or, you know, it was, it was a weird season of life. So many people are in that mm-hmm. season of life and they're in that season of life when they're in their forties and fifties and sixties, because, you know, maybe their career of choice doesn't, uh, compensate them as much as others. So, how does your platform and and the interviews you're having with like the Kevin O'Leary's of the world who can bathe in money, um, how does it relate to them? What can they get from it? So, oh, okay. So yeah, I think, well, one of the things is that they're, they're believing in like the overall mission, right? Like you get like a Kevin O'Leary. When I talk to him about what I'm trying to do, he's like, hell yeah, go talk to your family, go talk to your mom and dad about what their plan is for the next stage of their life. Go see how much they make, like have all this out there and, and do it so that you can get more information for yourself, your family and the people around you. But I think some of the people will, will be really surprised, right? Like if a Kevin O'Leary listens to an A-Rod and he hears, about A-Rod Corp and and how A-Rod, the baseball player, now owns a professional sports team, uh, he might start to say, wait a second, I should be doing things different. Or if you get someone like a really super successful Rod Deerdeck, who is making 125K an episode as a host, and then tells me how he negotiated his placement rights, his ad placement rights into MTV shows so that he would get 100% of it. And he goes from making 125K an episode to millions an episode. It starts to make any one think twice. And even the cool thing about Rob Deerdeck too, is he had a production company and his production company was making nothing. He just had the entity that was doing like little stuff here or there. He negotiated in his deal that every single TV show he hosted had to be produced by his production company. So instantaneously when that deal executed, he turned that company into like a $50 million revenue generating company. So I think like, you know, anywhere on the scale where you're at the, you know, the 30, 20, $10,000 mark a year, 
and you're just thinking about the basics of finance, like where to budget and how to spend your money, uh, there's something in, for, in there for you. And even if it's like A-Rod talking about how A-Rod, that dude has imposter syndrome when he's sitting in the owner's table because he's like, I don't belong here. There's some wild takeaways, which is, which is kind of wild. Ben, r- remind me though, because we did talk about this in Memphis. Yeah. What was, the, when you talk about the job stuff and you're in like where you are today, what was the one thing or the biggest decision-making driver that had you end up leaving your past life to do all the, you know, post-show entrepreneurial stuff? Yeah, uh, it, it was a day. It was a moment. And I don't think it happens with everybody. Okay. So I had a weird life where I was selling a software and I was working in the basement of this office building And then on Thursdays, I had negotiated with my company that I would leave work at 3 p.m., catch a flight to L.A., and I would go and do my L.A. stuff or wherever the the, the things had to be done for the TV show because the show was – my time on The Bachelor was airing during this. Um, And I would fly, and I would go to L.A., and I would do all this red carpet stuff. I'd come back on Sunday nights, and I would jump right back into my uh, desk and after a while, like I wanted it for the healthcare for a long time, right? I wanted it for sure. the benefits. And I, I didn't know, you know, what this would look like for me long-term. I was still up in the air on like, hey, is this going to, is, am I ever going to make money from being the bachelor? Uh, is there going to be any opportunities that exist? I was not wanting to hedge my bets fully into me becoming like uh, a self-starter of any kind yet. And I felt like I was living two double lives. I felt like I was faking hmm. it at one or the other. I wasn't, sure. I wasn't benefiting that like the two weren't benefiting from each other. The two were very separate lives and I was getting tired. And so I remember sitting at my desk and I said, I need to just take a risk. And so my risk wasn't, um, anything really that I thought was going to make me a lot of money. It was generous. So generous coffee was my first venture. And I said, I just want to try now to use my platform to sell as much coffee as possible so that we can donate it back to organizations. And if that's my career for the next 40 years, I think I'm going to really enjoy that. Like, I think I'm really going to have fun with the idea of creating these new stories and building a business and fighting the good fight to try to build this thing up so that it can be an asset to these nonprofits. And so that was the final moment was I just know now um, that I'm, I can't keep living two lives. I can't keep exhausting myself. I've got to find a way that when I'm at these red carpet events to have something to talk about that is benefiting me, benefiting the world, and also employing me. And so that, that was, yeah. the, that was the first step was I would, I'd break it down to say, Jason, that it was, uh, my, my moment was, uh, I'm releasing, releasing myself to place a bet on myself that I can be creative enough to find the next step. That's so cool. And did you, when, cause you were on the show, right? You were, you were on the bachelorette yep. and then you became the bachelor. Did you have the same job both times? Like did they let you go both times? They give you that break. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know this. I, yeah. So I was at the job for three years before the bachelorette. I went on the bachelorette and they gave me a sabbatical. So just an unpaid sabbatical leave of absence okay. and not knowing how long I was going to be gone. So that ended up being about what, two and a half months that I was out of work. I came right back and that next Monday after I got back, I w- stepped into the office. Same. Yeah. It's, it's a wild it's move. A weird it's, move. A, it's a crazy It's move. a weird move, especially <laughs> when you work with a bunch of people who love the show and they're like, what happened? Where have you been? What yeah. did you do? You must have been there a long time. And, and you're like, it's all blur at that point. Like you're not mentally back into reality yet. And so you're kind of like, yeah. 
And then uh, I worked it up until I was The Bachelor, did the same thing for my time on The Bachelor, then worked at it another year and a half after my time on the show. And so, so what was that? That was like a six month period. You went back to work and yeah. then started filming on three, yeah. six, and they let you go again. They let me go again. So here was something that no, I, I don't That's know if I've wild. ever shared this publicly. Um, I remember the moment that, so I got signed up by a lady that I worked with to be on the bachelorette. She was like, Ben, okay. uh, this is very known. So like, Ben, you're not dating. You don't have any friends out here in Denver. You only work like you need to do something cool with your life. And so the bachelorette was the, that thing left there, came back, um, to work and I started uh, a sales job. And so I was, um, I was working in sales. And when they asked me to be the bachelor, I said, I'm not going to do it. If my family doesn't think it's a good idea, if my four closest friends don't think it's a good idea, or if my job doesn't let me because <laughs> shocker, you don't get paid a lot to be the bachelor. Like, I mean, you don't, it's a great income for me back then a lot more than I was making. Sure. But it's not, you know, if you're going to quit your job to do it, it's a really scary. You can't retire. Yeah, you can't retire. Um, <laughs> and so I went to all of them and I went to the CEO of my company and he said, no, you should do it. You got to take a risk, bet on yourself here. And so the doors open when you want to come back. And so that's, I mean, one of the reasons I stayed wow. there for a year and a half was the loyalty just to them letting me do that. I was one of the only people I feel like on The Bachelorette, especially who was going back to their job because who, what job is going to let you leave for two and a half months? That's a wild story. My, the interesting thing, not many jobs, by yeah. the way, but one of the things for me is it was the exact opposite of you. Like everyone in my life was like, what the hell are you doing? My mom and dad are like, no. My boss was like, he's like, I'm not approving this. So it ended up going to the president of the bank. He ended up approving it. All my friends were like, what the hell are you doing? Like, cause I just took this, I took this job from New York to Seattle. And it was like two months after I got to Seattle that they invested some, some good sizable money. And they're like, what do you do? Like, no, but that the president of the bank ended up saying you can go. Now, when I got back from the show and I was thinking, I was like hemming and hawing about paradise. Uh, that's when the, the, the entire company came down. They're like, listen, you go to paradise. There's this, you're yeah. done. it's over. What, so, looking back, I mean, what was the reason why the president said, Hey, you can do this? Uh, well, it was funny. It's so funny. Cause I was really trying to position it cause I had 24 PTO days and I was like, I've already banked these because I just like rolled them over. If I could get paid while yeah. going on the bats, right, that would be perfect. So they approved that. But what happened was it went from my boss to the next boss, to the next boss, no one wanted to approve it. So it ended up at his lap. And the way I positioned it was pretty much like, listen, I've given nine years of or nine, 10 years of everything I can do at this bank. You've asked me to move. I've moved four times. You've asked me to put this bank for, to, at the forefront. I've done it. I literally just need to do this for myself. I just need to give this a chance. And he read the memo. I wrote the whole memo in my book. And he just was like, I think he was like, I knew him too. I think he's like, this kid's a good kid. I like him. He's worked hard. Let him go. And then the director of HR, like the head of HR, I was told this, that she's a fan of the show. And she stormed into his office and was like, do you know what you yeah. just approved? And they had second guesses about it, but they ended up giving me the go. Oh man. Well, that's a huge deal. Yeah. What, a, what a relief. Um, Hey, we're going to get more into this too. I want to tease this. Uh, Jason's going to stick around uh, and we're going to have a, a very special episode. We're going to talk to Jason uh, about uh, everything when it comes to wealth, personal finances. Um, I, I'm even going to get into the exciting stuff of, of tax uh, 
taxes and tax savings and Oof. how you can benefit from that. And then also, uh, we're going to talk a lot about his book and uh, the Read Start Roadmap and uh, his podcast, Trading Secrets, on a really special episode that will be posted um, super soon. It's going to be great. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that's so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about using your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So... The next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service that you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back and this season we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason, let's transition then um, into your life right now. Uh, how is uh, engaged life? I am no longer an engaged man. That feels weird for me to say. I got married, um, which uh, is is a great thing, by the way. Uh, but uh, how is engaged life going? Are you sick of talking about it yet? <laughs> it's so funny. Like I was thinking about this on a run today. I was like, through life, there's so much like societal pressure of every next step from like when you're literally like enter high school, right? It's like, what are you doing in high school? You go to high school, where are you going to go to college? When you're in college, what are you studying? Did you declare your major? What are you going to do for work? Get into work. You're going to move, you get a girlfriend, you're going to boyfriend, you're going to move in, you're getting engaged, you get engaged, you get married. How many kids you can have? I feel like the societal pressures of like what the system like is driving for just doesn't stop. So we got engaged last May and it was I mean, it was everything. It was, it was such a beautiful moment and uh, it was awesome. But like you said, Ben, uh, I think the questions about the wedding have, haven't stopped since day second one of getting, uh, of getting engaged. And we've had a, it's, it's just been really busy for Caitlin and I, right? We've had, uh, she was still hosting the show. She had a podcast tour. Uh, she had dancing with the stars tour. I was finishing the book. I went on a, on a book tour. Uh, she's actually in Canada right now. She's doing another wine wellness and women like business keynote speaking stuff. So a little different than her typical stuff, but we've just been so busy with stuff that obviously that makes planning a little bit more challenging, but the engaged life is great here in Nashville, Tennessee. Things are good here. We got ramen and pino. We're healthy. The the older we get, the more we realize how freaking important that is. As we've seen some scares with our family and our family's friends, um, but things are things are going well, man. Things are going well. How when you cross into that moment of the married life, is a guy that hopes to be there extremely soon. Yeah. What's the biggest thing that changes? Like number one, uh, the way you see. I, I would say there is a when I said yes to Jessica, it went from us um, knowing that we were going to be partners to being partners. And there's a different mindset I think we both have towards each other on, um, I want to say, protecting each other, planning, uh, working with each other to build a future together, whatever that looks like um, personally. I, I just think the biggest switch was when I see her, she is a part of me and I'm a part of her now. Um, there's, there's, you know, we're different people. We have different ambitions, different goals in life. But when it comes down to it, we've made a commitment to be a part of each other. And I, and, and when you're engaged, I didn't really 
feel that as much. I mm. felt like we were prepping for that. We did some like, you know, uh, premarital counseling to kind of get ready for that moment. But there, when you step sure. out of that room, you're like, we're married. Like this isn't like, <laughs> you know, if, if everything goes well and God willing, we're, we're married forever. Like you are it for me. And I've, I found it. I thought I, I, if I'm going to be honest, I thought I was going to be, that was going to be overwhelming for me a little bit. I kind of got a little stressed out leading up to the wedding. Like, am I, how am I going to feel that next day or whatever? It's been really peaceful. It's been very exciting for me. And it's why I asked about engaged life. And I didn't ask about your wedding. You're going to get yeah. married when you want to get married and when it works for you too and, and all of that. I uh, I really enjoyed the season of life that was engaged because it didn't have as much of the societal pressures as what I feel like now. Like once we're married, yeah, kids, um, a dog, a uh, house. Like people start asking like, what are the next steps, the next steps, the next steps, the next steps. I was really enjoying being in a season of life where it just felt like we could be a couple, but know that we were committed to each other. Um, but you know, but obviously we did, we waited for a year and a half to get married. So we had some time there. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I somewhat relate to that, especially like right after we got engaged like that and we took off like work and everything like that was such a high, like, this is unbelievable. Like this is your forever. You've both committed to it. And now you got to like plan to cement that. And I feel it's interesting cause I feel that the pressure of planning and the wedding stuff is actually greater than the pressure of, are you getting engaged as far as like volume, like the volume of it and everyone's. And, and I think, I think also too, it's the, 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 the outpouring, uh, really, uh, certain opinions about what it should be. Oh, you got to go do it here. You don't chintz on the flowers. You must have this. You got to have this. You got to like all these things. I'm like, Oh my, it like creates like absolute conundrum, yeah. just craziness. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> I, 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 we got engaged. I don't think I saw Jess for, it felt like we like got engaged and separated at the same time because then she just started wedding planning. Like, her mom, my mom, and Jess <laughs> went in a bunker and they just wedding planned then for like a year and a half. And then Jessica pops out on the aisle and I'm like, hey, this worked out. Thank you for doing all this. I had a lot of fun. Um, thanks for the food and drink. Uh, Jason, there's a headline later on we'll get to. When it comes to your wedding, I'm just warning you for that. Again, Jason's going to stick around here. We're going to co-host a really special episode for Best Egg. It's going to come out very soon. I don't have the exact date yet. Uh, but we're going to talk and pick Jason's brain on everything that I think we all could benefit from, especially when it comes to finances and when it comes to planning for our future, um, no matter if you're in a relationship, if you're single, if you're retiring or not. Uh, but Jason, it is the off season here at the Almost Famous Podcast. Uh, it won't be the off season for long. Mm -hmm. We do have a very special bachelorette season coming up that we'll be talking about and breaking down. Uh, but we have headlines to run through. So let's jump right into them. Here's the let's go. Let's do. Here's the first headline for you, Jason. Uh, if you don't know how this works, we're just going to comment based on our first reaction. But this is one we can celebrate. Okay. It's an easy one to get us warmed up here. The Bachelors Haley Ferguson and Ula Palve 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 hockey guy. yeah hockey star are married after yeah. Las Vegas wedding. This according to. Us Weekly, Haley Ferguson and her sister were on uh, the season of The Bachelor that I was a part of. Uh, it was a beautiful wedding, 
in uh, Las Vegas. They have been dating for a while. It, here's an, uh, an important side note. They got married at the World, uh, the Resorts World Las Vegas. Have you been there, Jason? I have been there. It's, it's, it's stunning. With the big like inside scoop behind mm-hmm. that, I've heard like the little trade secret is that Steve, apparently Steve Wynn, it's a rumor, so don't quote me, don't make it for sure, but Steve Wynn owed this guy big time money the guy who started resort world and it, and it got the, the debt got cleared. He never got paid. And I, I heard it was a vendetta, but it was also a dream of his and they created resort world. And there was, uh, there was issues that resort world looks so identical to win that resort world at last minute had to like change some of their colors. Cause there was actually a potential for a lawsuit. There. Now, Jason, who do you have to be in the world? Like I go golfing a lot. I, I gamble on the golf course. Uh, it's like, uh, sometimes it's 20 bucks. Sometimes it's 10 bucks. Sometimes, you know, I come out on top, not very often. Who do you have to be <laughs> in the world to say, Hey, you owe me money. I'm going to buy, I'm going to build a resort just to say, <laughs> screw you. You have to be a big time foreign billionaire, which is, I believe what he <laughs> that's, is. Uh, that's, that's impressive, man. I, Could you, uh-huh, right? That's a story to tell. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about using your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So... The next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service that you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back and this season we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, bachelor weddings are something to celebrate. So it, I I believe, uh, if I have all my facts straight, um, that Emily was the maid of honor. That makes sense, right? Emily is also uh, in a relationship. Uh, I believe they are engaged to get married. I could have that wrong. Uh, producers behind the scenes, if you don't mind fact checking that for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, bachelor weddings are a big deal. It's cool to see them both move on um, and to something really special. I mean, they're they're marrying hockey players. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, they, they've clearly done well. I mean, they seem happy. Like I've seen their Instagram, like their posts when they get engaged. They both seem extremely happy. And I think hers, um, what her sister, what what is her sister Haley's sister name Emily. again? Emily. Okay. Emily, both on your seat, she ended up with, and I know this guy liked the back of my hand, Carl. I'm a big hockey yeah. fan. Her and Carl, that guy is like a stallion. Yeah. I mean, he is a stud. He's one of the best, one of the better, best players in the NHL. I think he has like a $50 million contract, like eight year contract with the Vegas Knights. I mean, the guy is a stud. Um, so good for them. That's great. You know, a little, That's awesome. a little interesting thing is when they're on my season, the big joke, and I think they overplayed it. I think obviously the show made it, yeah. but like they would never leave each other, right? They wanted to always be around each other. Um, <laughs> they never wanted to separate. They always wanted to live in Vegas. They had a bunch of like, I think they had like eight uh, dogs uh, when I went to visit their house there. Like it was kind of the whole like spoof that the, these twins were so connected. And I think they are. 
isn't it interesting to think that they're marrying people uh, from different countries? Uh, they'll definitely probably not be living in the same city because there's no way these two guys are playing for the same team uh, long term. So they really took a step out, which is also cool to see kind of like that path now to them, you know, blossoming into um, two humans that can still love each other and function in different areas. Yeah, I mean, I will say there is some there is some similarities there because the just the hockey player mentality. They hockey players are just cut from a different cloth. Yeah. They are, and it doesn't matter what country you're from, where you're from. When you are born and raised and live in that locker room, it's just like it's a different type of energy. And I think uh, I think maybe you know they just that's that's their thing. Ben, you know what? Maybe I know it didn't work out with you guys, but maybe after they had everything Ben Higgins have to offer. They're like, you know what? I need a hockey yeah, guy. I need somebody studlier, more athletic, wealthier, <laughs> I cooler. I need a hockey guy. Um, Would you throw down the mitts, Ben? Would you, if you're in a, like someone's talking and your team needs it, are you going to throw oh, down yeah. the mitts on the yeah, rink and go on? I've got three ACL surgeries underneath my uh, belt, Jason. <laughs> so I'm ready to fight um, <laughs> whenever the, the, the call is happening. Hey, uh, Jason, there's been a lot of talk here recently. We've discussed a little bit on the podcast. Uh, I would love to just hear your personal insight into your story mm-hmm. here. Um, a lot of uh, past contestants, it feels like as of recent, have speaking out against the show. Uh, typically didn't happen, right? Now we have access to our social medias. Uh, we have access now to more media in general. Uh, but Matt James is a lead here um, who recently has come out with a book, and he is also criticizing the show for how they dealt with his relationship with Rachel. His quote is, according to E, uh, Matt James blames The Bachelor for turning his relationship into a circus. Now, we always we all remember um, this became a really big uh, issue and topic back in the day with him and Rachel, and then They went on the tell-all, and it didn't look like he and Rachel were going to get together at all. He came on the podcast a few weeks ago and said they actually left that live show holding hands, that they were were good uh, right after it. Um, Jason, why do you think people today are feeling more of an angst and an upsetness towards the show than before? I don't know if it's been because they have the platform to do it now and they have people that will listen even when they are very removed from the show. Like, you know, back in the day, it just, just still like when we were on the show, like you get all your interviews when you get off the show and after no one like really cared as much, but with social media, the drama continues and the ease of getting your opinion out there escalates at such a different level. I mean, I, I think because of it, like I'm surprised the show hasn't done this. You see the different drama out yeah. there, right? Like there's a new thing every week, like a couple of weeks ago it was Blake and Natasha going at mm-hmm. it based on edits. Yeah. And, you know, then you obviously Matt just had his book come out and there's, you know, there's always something. Uh, the other day it was, you know, I, I made a comment and it's got headlines got picked up after Colton. Colton, I talked. There is, I'm taking a business approach here. There is so much value in the alumni of this franchise and almost nothing is done with mm. it, which is fascinating to me. Because if you took these conversations and you took this drama in like a house where there's like, yeah. like a big brother snail 24 seven, and you had like a Natasha and a Blake have to go at it toe to toe with this stuff, or some of these controversies or with the ex, like the, the, the stuff, it would be unbelievable entertainment. So I'm surprised yeah. there is, especially now there's not anything taking, uh, 
taking some type of value from the franchise. But I think it's just because people now have a means of, of, of talking about it. And let's also talk, let's also bring this up. When anyone from the franchise talks about the franchise, especially things behind the scenes, all your levels of engagement go up significantly. And most people in this world are monitoring that. So not only do they have a forum to talk about it, but they also have engagement levels and reinforcement Mm -hmm. that the attention for those conversations behooves them in their personal, whatever it is they may are trying to brand or bring to fruition. Yeah. You know, it was interesting when, when I was writing alone in plain sight, when we were having our initial meetings, the conversation came up as, do you want to do a tell-all? Tell-alls do really good. They do really like they sell a lot. People are very interested in them. And I decided not to, uh, one, I don't have a lot to tell. Uh, I would, I feel like I could tell everything from my experience. My, I think my experience on the show was unique in the fact that it was pretty easy uh, overall. There were some like moments that got ugly uh, at the end because the end is always hard. Um, you probably have a lot to tell. You're just too good of a guy to tell anything. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it would have been nice. Um, uh, yeah, but I get what you're saying is there is there is this level where like, you know, if I jump on the night and say, hey, I'm going to tell everything that I know from the show. Uh, and I'm going to dig out everything. I think people will be a lot more interested in hearing about that than me jumping on and talking about my dog or talking about my wife or talking about um, generous. Uh, it is. It, it, there, there is a, a value to that that I think will be gained. It is interesting the show hasn't taken advantage of it. The show kind of just ignores yeah, if, it. They don't even comment on this stuff anymore. If you, I don't know too much about like the, uh, um, all, all the different moving parts of everything with like, I know a little bit about generous and I know the book you, that you wrote, but going back to your original point, if Ben Higgins wrote a tell all book, it would be the number one book on, and, and like you got into the weeds with it, it would be the number one selling book anywhere. When Ben Higgins decides to write a book that's going to create impact based on some of the mental struggles you had and more of your life direction, it's, it's just not going to sell. It's not as marketable. If I'm writing a book about rewiring your career, that will never, ever sell if I, it was more of a bachelor focused yeah. book, book. And that's like where people in these worlds post-show have to make decisions like which way are you going to go? Why are you going to go that way? And understand like the, the, the good, the bad and everything that comes with yeah. it. And, and, you know, I wonder too, is there a way to navigate? This is just a, this might even be a rhetorical question, but is there even a way to navigate? I think the show's made a lot of mistakes, obviously. I think the show has a lot of improvement to do. But is there a way to do this and not have people, like contestants and leads, um, hurt from the experience when you're on a dating show that really thrives on drama? Like when drama is the number one marketing point to where they say this will be the most dramatic season of all time every time is there a way to do that without it having controversy and feelings hurt i mean the short answer of like you want a real answer the answer is no like at the end of the day i mean this is a television on national network uh tv because it's entertaining and there's great stories and bad stories. And if you go take like even a 101 class on writing or telling a story, there has to be the villain. There has to be the loved character. There has to be the downfall. Every movie you watch, it's entertainment. So I think when you step into this, there's only so much, you just kind of have to know what comes with the territory and what you don't know. I do think people 
from the show, alumni like yourself are doing a great job at trying to educate. Ben, the amount of phone calls you've taken, why don't you take like a list of probably a hundred plus people who have called you and say, how do you navigate these waters, right? And I think the alumni is really, really good at being open doors to, hey, if you feel stuck after this show because you're just mentally confused or or just lost, like to say, hey, I've been there. This is the little advice I can give you. That's for sure. And the imposter issue where of course you're going to feel like an imposter. You got famous for going on a dating show without any like really tangible skill sets to be there. Other than the fact (laughs) that like somebody somewhere said, Hey, you are a desirable person to somebody out there. We don't know who it is yet. And then you get thrown into this world. You know, Matt, Matt has a unique, uh, and to kind of close this thought, Matt has a unique situation where I do feel like he might have one of the most impressive bachelor relationships, um, that we, that I can remember based on the issues surrounding it. Like it would have been very easy for him and Rachel to say, no, this isn't worth it. Like this, this isn't going to work long-term. There's too much hate. There's too much confusion. There's too much chaos. Let's just go our separate ways. You do you, I'll do me. We'll move on. I'm very impressed that they said, no, we're going to make this thing work. I think it, I mean, I'm going to assume here i think it speaks to probably how much they care about each other and that their their relationship's probably really strong behind the scenes too yeah i mean if i had a quite if matt was sitting right here i've got to meet matt i've got to meet rachel i, I did i've done some stuff with them too like we did a couple live things they're awesome like their energy is so pure it is so real matt is a super super intelligent yeah. guy which i really like and i think one of the thing it just like his his energy and his conversations he'll like joke around and be like yeah i'm kind of a geek with this and he'll like get into the specifics about yeah. it but i think one of the things is i would ask matt i would say do you think that the same chaos that frustrates you that really uh, became the center and pinnacle and epicenter of your relationship is that same chaos what actually brought you two together? Mm. Like, is there any bit of testament to say, if this didn't happen the way it did, if people didn't criticize us the way it did, that maybe it wouldn't have worked out, like the strength of it wouldn't be there. And you, to your point, you see them, like I've seen them in person. I see them on Instagram. Their foundation is rock yeah. solid. They're always with each other. They're traveling with Rachel's family. They're traveling with Matt's family. They're, they seem so well-rounded and balanced and happy, yeah. just like always happy. So I think uh, maybe that chaos is, uh, is, a, is a really dark moment for them to look back on, but also the strength in their foundation. If you can get through that, uh, it, it's a testament to what else you can get through in the crazy world that's out yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, national controversy, uh, you make it through that. I don't know how many things in life uh, will get harder or more confusing than that. And they made it. And they're, like you said, they're doing great. And so it's good for them. And him and Ben, him too. Like, I don't know if you guys have talked about this before, but I think some people forget that he had never been yeah. on a show before. That's true. I can't, could you no. imagine going through what you went through after the bachelor, not ever having any exposure to yeah. it? Yeah, no, I couldn't because there was the first couple of weeks where you try to get used to this whole thing. And then when you finally become the bachelor and you step into like, that role and you have people come up at least you know what to expect like at least you know where where the contestants are at emotionally or if they're nervous um no i can't i I think there i I almost feel like the bachelor was like for lack of a better term like good practice to become the bachelor good prep um to become the bachelor without it i think that you would have just been lost um and also lacking confidence 
Yeah. Cause you see the buddies like that you went through this experience with, you see some of them like, Oh man, that did not look good. And they're dealing with that. And then they're calling you and you see the ups and downs and you know how this can come off. So then obviously it could prep you when you're going to be the bachelor to know that there's going to be highs and lows and who knows which angle this can turn for him to just get thrown in. That's a, that's a lot to take on without any experience. So and he came out, God with, bless he came out in a relationship. Hey, is that what we want? It's a big deal. There we go. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about using your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So... The next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service that you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back and this season we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, 
and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of relationships, Bachelor in Paradise's Becca Kufrin and Thomas Jacobs have announced that they'll both change their last names after the wedding. Here's how this is going to work, Jason. Uh, Thomas is going to change his name uh, to, oh, they don't know yet, I guess. It's either going to be Kufrin Jacobs or Jacobs Kufrin is going to be how they hyphenate this. Um, They think it's really important. Uh, Have you talked, are you going to hyphenate your name? Jessica and I talked about it. Um, She actually went with, uh, she dropped her middle name and is Jessica Clark Higgins um, now. I I mean, that's more traditional than I think uh, even this, but I know it's a topic now where people are discussing it. Have you guys talked about it? What do you think? We've talked about it briefly. Uh, So what we've, what Caitlin has said is literally this, I think the exact same thing is what Jessica's doing. So I think she was going to drop her middle name and make Bristow her middle name and then her last name would be Tardic. But, um, you know, th- those conversations can change. But the last time we talked about it, that's what that's what she said she would do. And my stance on it is like, whatever, yeah. like, do do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, like, I, whatever makes you happy, uh, do what you got to do. You yeah, know? I have friends who didn't even change their name. And I, and I get it, right? I mean, Jessica wanted to change her name. She, she asked, you know, that's a, that was important to her. Um, but it is interesting that both of them will change their name. Um, something cool, you know, they're, they're doing a bunch of things different, you know, uh, than what is normally expected. Becca proposed to Thomas Becca co-hosted the bachelor live on stage with me. And so I've gotten to be a part of her kind of relationship journey, um, over the last few years. It's really cool to see. I, I really like Thomas, um, talk about a guy that will, uh, that really made the, the 180 turn from his time on the bachelorette to, paradise he really showed up and, and he's a good dude i like him a lot and so we're super happy for him them here that's the big news they're going to hyphenate their names they just don't know what order yet yeah it's up to them uh also uh big uh news here to celebrate astrid and kevin went if you remember them uh they uh met on paradise and uh they're engaged they had their first kid august uh, August is now seven months old. Astrid's coming out and talking about how their relationship has changed um, post-child, which I always find interesting because obviously you're married, uh, God willing, one day. Jessica and I will have kids of our own, trying to figure out how that will look. She says, Jason, that Kevin has picked up uh, the dog care, the cooking, groceries, all the little stuff, 
so that Astrid can focus being a focus being on being the best mom possible for August. Uh, she says she can't imagine doing this, uh, the parenting deal with anybody else other than Kevin, that it's been really great. Uh, Jason, any thoughts on this? Like, no, I swear to God, no joke at that. Like when you said that, that gave me my legs. I got some oh, goosebumps yeah. there. Uh, I think that's all. I mean, that's beautiful. It's like the beautiful story. I, when you first read that headline, I didn't know which way it was going to oh, go. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, is it like the things get bad after the kid? And to see that like Kevin is just doing anything um, to be like the best father, it doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me for anyone that's met Kevin. He's a hell of a guy. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's what I would expect from Kevin. And that doesn't surprise me in the least. It doesn't surprise me there. I've got to do a couple things with Kevin and spent some good time with him at winter games, actually way back in the day. He's just a good dude. And uh, it's, it's awesome to see them happy. It is so awesome to see him happy, but one takeaway there, like, no, you cannot, you cannot compare having dogs to kids. Let me get it out there. But I will say having the dog, like it does create some kind of foundation for like, Okay, who's going to wake up and take the dogs out? When do you feed the dog? Who buys them? Who takes them yeah. to the vet? Who, like it, it creates some system of accountability that's different than just making yourself the priority. I think people that are honest, Jason, and I'll, I'll fall on the sword for this one. We had a really, okay. we, you know, we got Waylon, our puppy, who's sleeping right next to me right now. He has bad gas today, by the way. So uh, <laughs> this dude is just blowing the there room up, but he's napping very nicely. Um, Love it. You know, when we first got him, he was a tough puppy. He was uh, a kind of nibble. He would nibble on everything. He would chew everything. Um, he wouldn't want to sleep. And it, it caused some nights where Jessica and I were both like upset with each other, with getting a puppy, uh, with trying to figure out our rhythms in life. And so we started to like talk about it with people. And some people who had kids said, Hey, getting a puppy is maybe more difficult than having an infant in a lot of ways. (laughs) And I don't know that to be true yet. I just know that like there was some sleepless, nights now i think a child obviously is uh lives a lot longer and uh goes through the terrible twos um but i think you're right i think we learned a lot about ourselves and about our relationship from getting this puppy yeah i mean it's true and the one thing is my dad said this to me and i kind of blew i brushed it off when he told me when i was thinking about getting our second he said just remember with dogs the difference the big difference is those are babies that never grow up. (laughs) Like they can never take themselves out again. They can never do X, Y, and Z like forever. So just know that. And it is a lot, but it gets you on the same page. Like everything, even like the the finances of Mm -hmm. it, the splitting the duties, like who's going to do, even like training when you're trying to train one way and and Caitlin's training another way, like getting on the same page with how you're communicating. It's definitely, I would hope helpful. Maybe Kevin and Astrid could give us more on that. I think somebody who has kids could probably speak into that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they should speak on it, not us. Um, (laughs) Hey, the teaser came out uh, recently. Uh, Jason, July 11th is the premiere of the new Bachelorette season. Rachel and Gabby are ready to find true love and fun new Bachelorette teaser. Uh, you can watch the teaser, uh, online. You can just Google it. It's, it's all over the place. It looks really fun. Here's something that we found out last week, Jason. Um, you know, these two are getting along really well. They're still friends. At least that's what they're telling us. And I believe it. They're acting like it. They're doing everything together. They're having a lot of fun with this one. I I'm jealous because I would have loved to have like a, somebody that I really liked doing this with me. Uh, I think it would have added Mm -hmm. to the experience. Um, but your uh, fiance, Caitlin, uh, shared uh, her bachelorette season, at least night one with somebody. And then that bachelorette went home and Caitlin stayed. 
I, I know Caitlin spoke out on kind of how she feels about the two bachelorette thing. I don't need to ask you that. Um, but do you, are you excited for this season now knowing that these two are still getting along post filming or are you hesitant to watch it? Kind of what's your feelings about this upcoming season again, premiering on July 11th. Okay. So here, here's what I'm excited for. What I'm excited for is I think sometimes, especially early episodes when you're feeling maybe eh, it's a little, it's getting a little like boring mm -hmm. or like, I don't know if I've like totally caught the hook of the bachelor to stay connected. I think having the two different personalities and people and reactions and everything like yeah. that will keep it like spicy and entertaining. I think, okay, we talked a little bit about this, but we talked about like the little benchmarking imposter syndrome, some of the mental effects that come with the show after. I can't see a world in which, whether they say it or not, that these two aren't beginning to possibly, especially when the show airs, like competing a little yeah. bit. Like, so maybe the filming went great. Maybe everything's perfect. But you can't like once, suppose America has a favorite. Suppose they edit a favorite. Suppose one person gets a million followers, the next person gets a hundred thousand. Suppose one has a better couple and a like couple. Like I have a feeling, and I, it'll be interesting, especially when you have the chance to interview them, to see like, are you at all doing any of this benchmarking? Yeah. Are you a little envious? Are you are you happy with where you stand? Because I would find it really hard really hard at the lead level. I mean, you do that when you're a cast of 30. Yeah. So when you're at the lead level, it's got to happen. What you're, being someone who was the lead, what's like your take and thought on that? If you had someone with you the whole time with you going through the whole experience, you would have to do a little of that, right? Oh, I think I've never thought about it that way. Um, I was thinking about it kind of how they were going to film it. But then the post part, I, I mean, as you speak, I would be shocked if anybody even out there listening couldn't see how there would be some envy and jealousy. Like, I would just be shocked if somebody's not like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I struggle, um, deeply, like had, like, uh, had to really work, work, uh, personally on working through envy and jealousy in my own life. Um, and so, yes, my answer to that would be as the lead, you kind of get asked to do this thing, which feels like a massive moment. Um, probably the biggest opportunity you've ever been asked to do. And then you're sharing with somebody. I, I honestly could see where the filming of it would be pretty fun. Uh, you're sharing it with somebody. You're in this enclosed sure. environment. You're probably both having, you know, some of the guys are interested in one of the girls. Some of the guys are interested in the other girl. However, that's going to work. They're both feeling loved on. They're both feeling desired. They're both feeling like intentionally pursued. All those things are going well. It would be the post show, which was when it was hardest for me, even following, you know, the next season. And some would say I have, you know, leads lead syndrome or whatever that's that's cool i probably do um you know where you're the you're, you're the bachelor one year and then a couple months later they announce announce a new guy and nobody cares about you anymore everybody moves on and you're like wait i'm still here <laughs> i still want my moment why don't i have my moment and so yes i could see where post show this could get difficult um because they will probably get asked they won't get asked to do every opportunity together one will probably get asked to be a host of something or they'll get some really good Instagram or, you know, TikTok deal and the other won't. When those things start happening, sure. I could see stuff starting to slip in. I, I mean, I, I think we all are human. We all could see that. Totally. I mean, that's like, like, I know you and Nick are totally different, yeah. right? Different humans, different people, different interests. Um, but like both from the same season, then you both go on to be the next bachelors that it's just like, it could, I could see where that would create so much, 
who did it better yeah. or like maybe it'll be interesting to see during the season like if one of them falls in love first mm. and the other one is like have it struggling with it like how that goes together so i think it's going to create a cool dynamic one that they we haven't like totally seen yet and one that should be fun to watch i'm just i'm just happy okay so the first check was uh, is the show going to add unneeded drama to those two's relationship? And it sounds like it didn't, at least through filming, um, according to where they're at personally. I'm happy about that. I really was going to be upset Damn. if them both being announced as the Bachelorette um, was going to end in us having to choose one or be more in favor of one or more pain being added to one unnecessarily. Like, you know, um, and so I'm happy that we got that one checked off. And now we go on to see how this plays out filming and post filming well uh final headline is the bachelor alum jacqueline trumbull celebrates her bachelorette party in las vegas now if you remember jacqueline was on the bachelor season 22 um she's 30 years old and she is getting married and so she celebrated in vegas with uh, a few bachelor nation alums kendall long and Mikkel Cooper were both there. They attended a drag show at the Garden Las Vegas, hit up entertainment venue, Area 15, and enjoyed a delicious dinner at Super Frico, which I heard is absolutely amazing. So congratulations to Jacqueline on celebrating a great weekend, and we wish her the best as she gets married. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, we have a really special episode uh, for Best Day coming out here soon, so make sure you continue to upload the Almost Famous podcast and listen in. Um, we're going to do that with Jason. It's going to dive into a lot of the stuff we were talking about at the beginning in even more detail. I'm going to pick his brain. I'm going to learn a lot for myself. I'm going to take a bunch of notes personally um, because it's not so uh, often that you get somebody as wise as Jason cornered and I get to interview him. That's a special deal. Hey, uh, that's all we got for you today on the almost famous podcast. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Thank you for joining us. It means a lot. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, so we end every episode in the same way. Just follow my lead with that. We'll be back next week, breaking down another uh, week of bachelor news. And then we're getting closer and closer. Just a few weeks away from the Bachelorette season airing. Yes, it will have two Bachelorettes. But until then, I've been Ben. I've been Jason. We'll talk to you later, everybody. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes 
their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 